Hang it ready. We, we, we ready to go? Everyone feeling relaxed? Yeah, man? Yeah. Good. Yeah, nice. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast. How are we doing, guys? We're all feeling good, feeling blessed. Yeah, blessed. What, yeah, yeah. What, what are you blessed about? Just blessed my boys, my friends, my staff, my everything. It's boys here. Speaking of your boy, Steve, Steve, Stephen Collins. Do you like Steve or Stephen, mate? Stevie. Nah, just call me anything. That is the most Australian thing you've ever actually. Me? Remember, I had my long hair when I come to Australia, <laughs> and then when I got it cut, everyone in Australia at the gym started calling me Stavros. Because I look like the guy from the kebab shop, so <laughs> you can call me. That's just boss man. If you, if you have a kebab shop, I don't. I actually prefer Steve, yeah. But I was at swimming today, and um, there was this guy, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. He was a bit weird. He was a proper weirdo, and I said, he said, "Oh, nice to meet you, Steve." And I was like, "Shit, is that his name, or does he know who I am?" And then I thought, "That's his name." So the more people I meet called Steve, the more weird they are. So call me Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name, mate. He's just a celebrity right now. So, coach, trainer, tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, about you as a person, mate. What you got going on? What is it you do? I mean, we know, but let the people know. Yeah. So, personal training, study sports science. So I do some strength and conditioning. So I I, I like to term it make it sound fancier than it is obviously as a health and performance coach. So I work on people improving their health and then and their performance as well, whether they're athletes or general pop. We work on their performance. It could be as simple as improving blood pressure, body comp, or you know, improving for sport. So yeah, that's basically what I do. When you talk about athletes as well, what sort of athletes have you worked with? What sort of people have you got working with at the moment? So about like about 40, 45% of my clients are athletes. So they're like youth athletes that either, you know, swim nationally or for the state, Western Australia. Um, some of them are track and field athletes, javelin throwers, dick athletes. Some of them are footy players, which in Australia is Australian rules. Yeah, it's a bit, you know, they, they reckon. I've been calling it soccer. Um, I've, I've actually changed. I've been, when I talk about football, which we know is football, I keep calling it soccer. So, Obviously, I'm probably more Australian than I think, in it? But there's sort of clients that I work with and I've worked with some softball athletes and all different type of people, athletes. Yeah. How do you find training youth athletes versus uh, fully grown adults? How do they respond to your coaching? Uh, do you think there's like a different mentality yeah. going on because of pressure from the parents and all sorts? Well, the, the first of all, one of the nicest things I was ever told is that um, – um, I, I was a good male figure for the child, for the for the young boy. I was a good male male role model for them, so that was nice. But um, yeah, the kids are good, man. I think maybe because I'm still young, and you know, what I mean, like they they respect me. Um, uh, hopefully, and do um, you face? They're like kids are very like kids that play sport. They're very motivated by like things in it that they see, like strength, power, like how someone looks and and appears to be in it. So. Oh, hopefully, like you know, I give them a good representation of what a male should be like. In it, someone that's not lazy, that does train, and um, you know what I mean. Like, so yeah, it's, it's rewarding. It's very rewarding working with kids. Yeah, for sure. I think you get that too much these days. You know, like childhood obesity going up. You know, you need like strong role models from day dot. Mm-hmm. Speaking about athletes as well, do you find 
there's a type of athlete you find more challenging to train and have you got a favorite as well i don't know whether it's like a sport thing or if it's a mentality thing yeah i don't know man like um probably like the most challenging athlete i've worked with is a swimmer and that's obviously because it's got a controlled body mass weight distribution like with the upper and lower body um whilst trying to make like increase power and strength and make them move at faster velocities in the water isn't it like it's, it's it's quite difficult actually it's very challenging but he's like the swimmer that i'm working with he's like six foot two he's like 13 years old he has so much potential um and one of the issues he has is it's 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 a good thing and a bad thing like he's very very hypermobile. like his elbows will bend right backwards he can if he lays on the ground on his back if he points his toes he he can touch the floor with his toes. That's how excessively hypermobile he is. But that's quite common for swimmers to be able to point their toes like that, because the the, the natural hypermobility allows them to get more like whip in the water to swim faster. But the cost of it is that they get more injuries, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to. It's a fine balance between weight, and it's a fine balance between muscle and power and strength, and it's a fine balance between stability. And power and and like staying very hypermobile in it, so it's quite it's very challenging actually. Um, yeah, I was going to say like on that topic of hypermobility, we have quite a few clients like this. Yeah. And, um, like, what are your mechanisms? What are your thoughts when you're working with them in the weight room? Because ultimately, what you don't want to do is make them rigid that they lose some of that. But then at the same time, there's this susceptibility of taking them through ranges that maybe they're not in control of. So, like, what's your mechanisms and go-tos for that? I think, like, it's just, like, every time we train every week, it's just a new assessment, isn't it? You know, like, as you, I'm sure you guys do with normal clients, like, every week you train them, you have a plan, but it always changes, isn't it? And it's the same with him, <clears throat> the swimming that I'm working with. Like, every week we may have to tweak something because, like, you know, some days he's doing 14Ks of swimming. Yeah. That's a lot of swimming. And that's a ton of internal rotation working, you know what I mean, of the body. And like the most common injury in swimming is is the shoulders, like rotate the calf, but it's just from overuse. You know what I mean? So like a lot of times it's just like establishing better positions for him, like overhead and stuff like that. And then working on external rotation strength and stuff yeah. and trying to strengthen like stability of the scapula. And then if it's good and fresh, then we'll push hard with some heavy lifting and some speed and power work and practice some Olympic weightlifting. But sometimes he comes in and we can't do that for weeks because he's just heavy into the season and we just have to pull back and change it. So, um, you know I mean? It's always dipping in and out of a bit of everything, really. That That's why like a training system that works well for a swimmer when they've got so much training to do in swimming is is things like fringe contrast because they get exposure to all different types of Similar. qualities. You know, they get exposed to heavy lifting in the same session, power stuff, speed stuff, and then the accessory stuff, as opposed to this week, these four weeks, we're going to work on power or, you know what I mean? So, um, who wants yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do it. Fringe contrast for the, for the listeners. <laughs> uh, it, well, uh, it's not to be the start. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's quite an advanced method, but I, like I said, I use it with a youth athlete because it exposes him to, like, 
without getting too fancy, you have your your the scientific term is a hyperbolic curve, but it's basically like a curve that represents like the speed of movement. So you might have your heavy strength work, like a heavy squat, where you move heavy loads slow, or an isometric exercise where you don't move any load, but you you know you produce maximal force. And then at the other end of the curve, you have your speed, yeah, like your body weight sprints and stuff like that. So at different times of a season with any personal athlete, you may want to prioritize different areas of that so that they can compete or perform in their sport. But the French contrast, you basically in one session, you you what's, you do what's called surf the curve. So you basically, you may do a heavy strength lift slowly, and then you may do something a little bit faster and then something a little bit faster and then something a little bit faster. Um, in the one session, back to back. So it just exposes, micro doses, those sort of qualities to the athlete right. on the day, as You're opposed right. to over a period of time. So Australian now, surf the curve. What the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> surf the fucking curve. <laughs> oh, that's what they say, innit? That's what, that's what they say, surf the curve, I've innit? I've it. It's about, you know, there's, no, there's no surfing here, bro. Surf the curve. Hammies, <laughs> innit? Can you surf, Steve? Bro, you know what? I tried it a few months ago, innit? And I was so bad, man. <laughs> so bad. Hey, but it's actually on, like, it's it's really hard. It's proper hard. Like, yeah, it's mad. Like, it's mad. It's mad hard. It's good fun, though. It is fun. But, man, you're like, I remember going back to the house that we were staying in and wanted to get changed and just full of sand and seaweed, like in your pockets, up your ass, everywhere. <laughs> seaweed everywhere, like, you know? And you find it again yeah. next week. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the one. <laughs> yeah. What's the sport you guys haven't tried before that you, you'd really fancy to go at? Because I've got a client of mine that does, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, I think it's like foil surfing or foil boarding or something. Foil boarding. Yeah, it's, it's a super niche. You know, it's like... Um, there was that guy that came in the gym and he was telling me about how he's a GB athlete. And I was like, oh, because I was quite excited by that. But I also looked at him and thought, hmm. Uh, he told me his GB for, for Chuke Ball. Oh, Which was, it's like some mad. some niche sport where you like, you jump outside of a D, like a D in netball or basketball. You throw a ball against the trampoline. It hits yeah. the trampoline as the land outside the D before someone catches it. It's like, yeah, um, it's, like, yeah. it's like you play GB because I reckon the whole GB is kind of the only ones that know what it's what you. <laughs> <laughs> it's <just> you. <laughs> yeah, there's like, some mad sports that are being played now, man. They're, like, do you yeah. guys follow Red Bull in that? Yeah, no, so there's some ridiculous. Oh, that, that stuff is wicked. Like, if, you, if you've never seen it, YouTube it. It's an absolute treat. It's a like a a, a tag uh, tournament. I've they seen have, that stuff. That is sick. Tag the, tournament. Yeah, like, 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 like oh, it's so good. Like oh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. They they're, they're like, the guys are basically like doing parkour in a little arena and they're yeah. trying to take no it. No way. Yeah, they go around. They're it's so hard. quick, so agile. So like, even just athletic. It's so good. Crazy impressive. I don't know how they, like, they get away millimeters that they yeah. get away. It's so sick. You know what? Look, two days ago, I think me and you were watching Tony Hawks, yeah? Tony yeah. Hawks must be like fifth, like mid fifties, I don't know, or late forties. Yeah, probably, he's still a beast. Like, so, he do can you know do what? athleticism. 
So somebody approached me in the gym the other day and uh, I was doing my weightlifting. Well, it wasn't the other day, it was about a month ago. And then he and then he said about um he was like, Oh, it sounds your weightlifting competition and stuff sounds really similar to a kettlebell competition. Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. And then I thought, I don't know about kettlebell cops, but I'm gonna go and look at kettlebell cops. <laughs> oh my god. It, let me tell you, it's nothing like weightlifting competition. <laughs> Except the snatch. <laughs> but they are, they they have to do like a hundred yeah, like, like cleans like yeah. on each side, but they're literally just like this in it's this tiny hard. little box. It's hard, but it's not the same. <laughs> things things can be hard, it doesn't make it mean good. Yeah. It's, it's like eating, oh, no. hot, eating a hundred hot dogs in ten minutes is yeah. Yeah. hard. It doesn't mean I want to do it. No. Yeah. Would they not would they not like do like max? heavy like no, no 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 it's just it's amount that you can do so one of them it was like mm. it's like a marathon one so they have like 15 minutes that you That's have mad. to do this kettlebell for i can't even imagine Fuck that and i know your wrist That's will exactly be fucked. What, That's exactly what i thought up there yeah it's like those people that hang out you know those world record planks yeah yeah what is it Eight I'm, not, I'm not referring to the person but um, they hold them for like over 24 hours. Yeah. No, eight it's hours, ridiculous. I think, is the record. I think eight hours is the record. Surely it's more than that. Mm-hmm. What, you want to try it, Steve? <laughs> I did one with my client the other day. He wanted to do a five-minute plank. I almost died. It's horrid. <laughs> Forget that. I'm looking online. World record plank. Yeah, just under 10 hours. Yeah. Gee, wow. nine, and nine hours, 38 minutes. That's mad. Well, I don't know how heavy the dude was because it's the same as these these sort of things. Like, how much weight is someone like that carrying? What do you think, Ray? Uh, what? Well, females are good at that, they? weigh about 40 kilos. Exactly. Females weigh about 40 kilos. <laughs> the sport that I would the know. yoga ones, innit? You know the yoga ones, the vegans and that. No, I'm joking. Yeah. About 40 kilos, all vegans. It's facts. The, um, That's where we're capped at. <laughs> the sport I would love to do is like uh, after my stag doing the go-karting, like fucking go-karting, man. I'd love oh, to do that. That is sick. Like working G-Force, I've got a friend of mine, he, he drives, he drove F2 and now he drives F3 and the amount of crazy neck training. Like he does a yeah. Chinese plank. And for reference, for anyone that doesn't know, a Chinese plank is uh, like shoulders on one bench and then ankles on another new bench no. between them. He was doing that, but not on his shoulders, on his knees. So supporting all of it through that. And he's yeah. it's, it's, it's mad because the amount of Gs that you've got to take during that. Yeah. Seen David Coulthard, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a name I haven't heard in so long. David Coulthard. Did you, did you, um, it's always circulating on the internet. Uh, Lewis Hamilton talking on, I think he's talking on um, uh, Graham Norton show or something about his like training. And how much weight he loses and shit during a race. He loses like like I think like four kilos or more during a he's race. He's vegan as well, so he's only forty kilos to start with. So uh he's made a yeah, that's, that's concerning already. Water and salad. Yeah. And he's losing. <laughs> Speaking of those crazy events, have you guys heard much about High Rocks? I mean we can yes. ask Steve about that. Yeah, Steve, Steve, tell us what, what tell us tell us what, like. what it's about. It's CrossFit on steroids, man. The guys are crazy, man. Honestly, I think CrossFit's are crazy already. Yeah. No, they're just crazy and weird. But <laughs> High Rocks, man, like, they do a 1K run. Then they do, like, this ain't the exact order of the stations, but it kind of goes like this, yeah? So they do, like, a 1K run, then a 1,000-meter row, 1K run, 1,000-meter ski erg, 
1K run than like a 150 to 250 kilo, depending on the category that they compete in, sled push, another 1K run, then a sled pull with 50 kilos less, which is still very heavy. And they do that for like 200 meters or something. Then another 1K run, then like heavy farmer carries, then another 1K run. And then it's like wall balls and burpee broad jumps. And it's a, it's a total of like 8K running all up, I think, 8Ks and all those strength stations. And a normal person, I think they may do it in like an hour and 20 to two hours. And these like top 20, 30 guys are doing it in under an hour. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Where's the goal? You know what's mad about it though? The guy that broke the record, the geezer's like 40, yeah? This um, American dude. And um, uh, maybe even like the top five to 10, like top one to five, like top 10 competitors. You know how fast they do each 1K run? They do them in like three and a half minute Ks. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine banging out a thousand meter row hard. They do that in about three and a half minutes, which is solid. Four minutes is solid. Then they go back it up with a run straight away. Three and a half minute K run. That is ridiculous. But he's but that, the most of those people mm. come from an endurance running background, isn't it? Because they've got yeah, a good I think, there's, I think that's where it's slightly different to, that's where it's different yeah. to CrossFit. Yeah. How would you yeah. prep someone for something like that, Steve? If you were going to train him, if you were going to train me for for a high rock, what are you doing? Well, um, after we work out how bad your running is, it's predominantly aerobic, so you have got to train that system, innit? It's, it's a running. If you if you suck at running, you're gonna fucking suck. So you got to be good at running. You got to be able to do the eight k, maybe nine or ten, mm. and then you got to be able to do them fast. So you need those different mixed methods in it and you'll be able to back it up under fatigue but you also have to be strong enough to push a 200 kilo slip so if you're not strong you've got no chance you know like i've trained a few people for it and i think the biggest difficulty i have with those kind of athletes is like getting them to rest (laughs) so like they're like how do you help them understand that they can have a day off or they need need their rest period it's mad, like, because you know them guys, to get to that level of running where they're really good, like, 10K runners, marathon runners, some of them ultra ultra marathon runners, they, they're they running, like, they're not running five days a week. They're running, like, six, seven, eight, nine days a week mm. to get to that level. They're running a lot. They're doing AM, PM sessions. So to get them to pull back is very hard. I had one guy who was, like, top 15 high rocks competitors in the world. So he's, like, an elite athlete. And um, his goal was to obviously improve. And he was training like 13, 14, 15 times a week. But his training was fucking shit. Shit. <laughs> his strength work, is it was rubbish. So when I told him, listen, we're going to taper all this back a bit. Yeah? We're going to do like, I think I planned him like uh, maybe eight sessions. And he had a massive hissy fit. Yeah. He was like, oh, I need more. I'm not running enough. And, which is fair enough, isn't it? You can imagine being pulled back by half. Like, you'd be... Oh, well, yeah. I think naturally people think they need to do more to achieve more. Yeah. But there comes to that point it's just, where it's like... You, yeah, you yeah. It was like, you know what? I knew that this was probably the best thing for him, but I had to meet him halfway and give him an extra two, three sessions of what he liked and what he wanted to do. And it was still less than what he's doing and still planned, organised and nice and periodised because obviously I knew what I was putting together was good. So it still worked. And then, um, yeah, like he'd done well. He, he 
went from like fifteenth to ninth, and like did a big did a solid PB. It's, it's um, tough, isn't it? Because um, yeah. your your strength lasts longer than your conditioning does. I think this was like a big like light bulb moment for me on holiday. So like pre holiday, I was training loads of weightlifting, and like I made some good improvements, right? But towards the end. I was starting to peak and I was getting towards my top weights, but my knees were hurting, my back was starting to get tired, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, three weeks away for holiday, didn't touch a barbell once. Came back and then I'm definitely weaker than what I was, but I was lifting the same weights as what I finished with. In my opinion, what changed was my strength stayed the same, but my fatigue level just dropped. Sorry, my strength came down slightly, but my fatigue level just dropped. And so I was able to be in the same place. So it's just like the realization that your strength lasts longer than what you think it does. It's just your conditioning changes and fluctuates and your fatigue level. So with yeah. these high rocks guys, that's what they're scared of. It's like their conditioning level. It's all like, oh, my conditioning level. And, and, and I get it because that's the quickest thing to deteriorate. But I think it's like making sure that they don't do a competition all the fucking time so that you can just be like, you know what? We're not going to work on your conditioning now. We're going to work on your strength for a bit, and then we'll go back into some of that stuff. But it's so difficult. The, yeah, the the good thing for me with him is that like he came to me because the weakness that he had was his strength. Like his sled pushing was shit. His sled dragging was shit. Farmer carries his grip was fucked. You know what I mean? So like he wanted to get strong, and like we got him to that level where it was all easy, and then it was just like, all right, now you just got to maintain that and get fitter. So. Um, depends what their strengths and weaknesses are, isn't it? You know, you got to compromise with the client quite a bit. I've I've had this with a few yeah, people. It's you know, you give them the steak, then you give them the vegetables at the end. It's like you know, treat them with some. I lie. I know you give them the vegetables first, bro. <laughs> I'm always. I give them the tofu first, and then I give them the vegetables, and then some more vegetables. So all my clients hate me. Um, <laughs> but you you got to do that sometimes, like you know, if if they hate hate working, like you know, triceps, like loads and loads of reps, you got to give them a little bit of strength work at the start, keep them happy. Yeah, definitely. Or you know, there are other ways of going about. It. Like, I've got a client that I I give her hypertrophy hypertrophy through variation. Like she's not an elite athlete by any like she's she's you know far away from that. But in the same breath, she gets really bored during a session, and I know the only way to keep her interested and engaged is to keep giving her new exercises we do two sets of this two sets of this like no more than that and just keep it moving she'd probably benefit from sticking with the same movements a little bit more and getting more skilled at them but in yeah. the same breath if she'll get bored and then she'll stop training or she won't can't be asked or she puts less effort in i know that i get a better result out of her by training her like that so yeah i think it's such an important thing because you can obviously follow all of the systems and methods but if people can't stay consistent with training in the first place because they hate everything about it and mm. everything that you're giving them maybe because to always try and develop and grow their weaknesses to make them strengths all of this stuff if they hate all that all the time then they're going to probably start cancelling or not enjoying their sessions or not finishing them so it has to be like a happy medium i think in between of what they want what they want to enjoy but also what they do ultimately want to achieve I, I do think yeah. you have to kind of meet yeah. in the middle. Yeah, give 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 them what they want, but show them what they need, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's something that I learned in Australia with the gym that I worked at for a few years. Like they're running a business, and they would just get people in, get people out. They didn't care about fancy programs or even really, uh, maybe not. 
<clears throat> to me, it was like they didn't really care about people achieving a result or their goal. So they were very just like, this is our community. We're going to keep this client in our community for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And we're going to make the money off it. But we're going to like give them good training. But like that, that's kind of what their philosophy of, philosophy of their gym was. Mm. So it, it, and before that, I wasn't like that. I was very like hard as a coach, you know, like they had to do what I wanted. And um, there weren't many ways to skin the cat for me, you know, like this is the way it was and this is the way, the way it has to be. But that like changed my coaching and um, it allowed me to be a bit more laid back and as a coach. And um, it really helped me develop as a coach, you know, like um, doing that for a few years and not being as hard with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know this is obviously you guys trying to run a business, isn't it? You got to keep clients, bro. Yeah. Got to make them enjoy it, isn't it? That's the number one rule, isn't it? They got to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, smiling man. You point, man. Yeah. yeah. Coming back, you yeah. can't chat as well. Yeah, you got, you got to get people that can actually talk to people. Otherwise, they're just going to get bored. Like, they, they don't want to spend an hour a week with you. I always, every hour a week. I always say there needs to be tears of pain and tears of joy at the same time. Then it's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I want you to want you to break out that long haired wig for me. Um, where I just want to ask a couple Aussie themed questions and just see how much you've betrayed your heritage. Um, <laughs> some, some Aussie slang for us. Just as a quick a quick interlude. I want I want you to tell me which one you would currently use if I was if I was asking you what what, what you which way you lean. Uh, you <laughs> a barbecue or a Barbie? Barbecue, bro. There we go. There you go. <laughs> I don't say barbie, bro. The only thing I say is sure. hamstring. <laughs> barbecue, isn't it? That was a beautiful harmony we, we went for there. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken or a chuck? Chicken. What? Chicken. You say what? Is that what they I've call watched, I've watched yeah, I won't lie. I've watched too much MasterChef oh Australia. And honestly, all of it. I won't lie. It's the best. It's so much better than UK one. That's is a, it. That's a little shout out right. to anyone, anyone that likes a cooking show. Is that because they're better chefs and cooks or what? They, they get better guests on. It's just well, there's more still, drama. Is it still Greg Wallace? Oh, no. Right. So they, they, no, they got, uh, they got better oh, Australian well, presenters. That's, that's why I watch it. Cause what channel is that? I found it on Amazon. You didn't, Nat, didn't you yeah. say you preferred Australian maths as well or something? Australian maths? What? <laughs> What's Australian maths? Married at first sight? Or something? Or? Oh, okay. Who? Australian, Australian. I married. thought that's what you said. Oh, married at first sight. I was going to say, I don't do math. <laughs> you said math, isn't it? Math. I've, yeah, yeah, watched that. They play that here a lot on E4. Yeah. And that's good. That's good. We're in the gym. Uh, is it is something gnarly or cool, Steve? Uh, cool, wasn't it? Not gnarly, man. Okay. No, he does say something else oh, though. Gnarly. It, what? No, he doesn't say rad. He says that. Rad. No. Rad. <laughs> he really is Tony Hawk. No, he says something <laughs> else. That is killer. 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 Oh, that's killer. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't Australian, man. That's just that's international. Not that's international, man. That's what, not that what about the Valley's <laughs> the belly's bag, yeah. <laughs> do you do you skull or chug a beer, Steve? You know what? Um, skull, skull it. There we go. Okay, we lost him a bit. Skull, skull crush. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to be fair, Max, I never used to say. Um, what was the other one? Oh. <laughs> chug a beer. I never used to say that anyway. 
Oh, no. What would you say? Down it. Down it. Just down it or back it. Down it. Down it. Back it. Back it. That's the one. That's back it. Back it. That's Cockney London geezers. Back it. Talk for me. Back it. I. 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 Bear in mind, I did Google all of them. So if any of these aren't accurate, I apologise. But uh, call them flip flops or thongs. Thongs in it. Yeah, Thong, thongs in it. Thongs. Flip flops yeah. just sound wrong to me now. I call them thongs. <laughs> in it. Everyone loves. Everyone loves a thong, innit? You know what I mean? Thongs. There you go. There you go. So, and there are some which I just didn't understand as well, which I just had to. I have to ask you what they actually mean. I honestly don't know. Oh. <laughs> But I probably it? don't even know what these are either. You do because we were talking about this. I'm gonna hope. What's what's a dunny? A toilet. What? How, how does that uh, because basically here, <laughs> I think, obviously Australia is like British ex-cons, yeah, mm. and they used to have the toilet outside, and I think the word comes from like something about outdoors or something like outdoors done it. Uh, yeah like done, they done, shout done. when they they shout when they're feeling outdoors or something yeah, it means outdoors or something so they used to shit outdoors awesome. i ain't got fucking clue awesome. i don't i don't call it a dunny i'm gonna ask you for the etymology mate call it a shitter. <laughs> shitter, isn't it? What, what's what's a pash steve a snob isn't it a pash a snob a kiss oh there you French go kiss. Let's worry none. What? I Everyone knows that. Give us a pash. Pashta. Pash? What the hell is pash? Pashta. Passionate. Oh, you watch, you watch Marry That First Sight. You should know that. Pash. They had a pash. They had a pash. <laughs> oh, my days. <laughs> and what's, what's a dag, Steve? I don't. I ain't got a fucking clue, man. Is that like... Do they call it a duvet? What is it? A nerd or something? Duna. I'm gonna. Oh, it is. Duna. Yeah, a duna is a bed. A bed. No, a, a dag is like a nerd or someone who's not socially a bit, or who's someone who's like socially awkward, like a nerd or something. An, an affectionate insult for someone who is perceived to be unfashionable. Dag. Uh, dag. 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 Yeah. Andy, isn't it? Dag, you know. Yeah. yeah. Dag. No, I, I, I guess not, isn't it? I got nothing. <laughs> so why is it? And yeah. Dag. You're like a black. Um, um, what was that one you said, Matt? It was um, duna. A doona, that's like a bed quilt or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying about that. Reminds me of Gavin and Stacey when you talk about doonas. A doona. Fucking weird, man. Weird, man. Weird, man. They don't speak that fast, though. Like, some of the stuff that we use. Yeah, yeah, true. But you know you know what I was telling you about that Steve Geese at the swimming today, yeah? Yeah. Who I said was weird. He had a tattoo on his chest here that looked like it was freshly done. And it had this, it had this name on it. I can't remember the name, James or something. Um, <laughs> it, had, um, it had a date on it as well. And yeah. then when I was in the change room, he was talking to this geezer, and then I got into the conversation, and and um, he, then he started talking about um, execution, right? Oh my Killing. god! This guy was fucking weird. I'm telling you, yeah. And uh, he was talking about killing. And then he and he just brings up, did you see my tattoo? And I, I was like, yeah, I saw that. What is it? And he was like, so that was the first man to ever be executed. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Man's got a, the tattoo on his chest. And I was like, this guy's fucking weird, man. He's a dag. Right right over his mark, He's yeah. a dag. Probably. <laughs> that is weird, man. Is there a word for a geezer? You know, like your version of a geezer? Uh, what do they say here? Bros. Probably, yeah. They probably yeah. Oh, Steve's there. We called it. 
It's I don't gen- know what it is, there, man. So Bruce. <laughs> so, yeah, to get back into it, guys. Um, so I thought I would I would play almost a little a little game with it and just see because there's so many different ways you can skin a cat. If you'll pardon the non-vegan expression, um, <laughs> it comes to it comes to fitness. Skin, skin a carrot. Skin a carrot. Skin yeah, yeah. Carrot. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought I would give us give us all like a dummy client. Uh, we'll call him Client X or Xavier or whatever you want. Um, he's bald. Um, <laughs> um, but um, I thought I would give us a, a, a basic brief, and I just want to see how we'd all go about and attack it. So, he's, so it's very. It's going to be a classic example of time poor, wants to train twice a week, lose a bit of weight, get some gains, and he can't be asked with his food. Exactly. Mm. Fair, fairly, fairly <laughs> mobile. Let's say, let's say you're just starting out as a PT. He's your one client. You can't sack him yet. Mm. Uh, first, not but he's how right you attack first him. Client, he's right first thing <laughs> <laughs> first, first, sign him at a three month block. Yeah. There we go. Okay, we've got him locked in. I'll tell him that he needs to. Uh, I think, I think in that scenario, the first thing that I would uh, do is set the bar on what his expectations are outside of his sessions because I know mm. within our sessions, would you say two times a week or three times a week? Two times a week. Yeah. Two times a week, we're probably going to nail some sort of full body work where we're just going to like split your going go with straight yeah. with like the big bang yeah. exercises. Yeah. But I think the expectation thing is the killer. You have to get that going because two times a week is fuck all really if they're going to yeah. do nothing outside of the sessions. So mm. that, that's where I would start with them. Yeah, just set, set, set the time with that. And you're going to full body yeah. and just make a move outside the session. Yeah, and then I'll tell him he needs 30 fish oils, 10 magnesium caps. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him, that, tell him to sign up for my Herbalife skin. <laughs> and then we're good. Make some more money. Steve, what are you, what are you, what are you doing for this person? What are you doing for X? Um, yeah, full body workouts. Annihilate him. Annihilate him so he can't walk the next day. <laughs> Let him know. Set the well, time for the whole week. For the whole week, teach him a lesson, <laughs> and then um, no, nah, I'd probably like. I know if it doesn't like tracking and working on his food, I'll probably just start with a food diary if he can do something basic and simple. Because mm. uh, you know what it's like, guys. Like your food diary is. It, some people realize what they are and what they're not eating a lot in it from a food diary, mm. whether it's like corrected or misreported. Still teaches people a lot, you know, about what they're actually doing. Yeah. So he yeah. might get a bit of reflection from it, you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes people yeah. I think that even just the act of doing the food diary, they're like, oh shit. It's yeah. like, because a lot of the food, if you if you say to somebody, Oh, what what have you eaten today? They'll pick their what they've had for their breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then maybe like yeah. the snack that they had. Mm. But then what about like the nibbles here and there and like what what did breakfast lunch and dinner look like like how big was that i think it's um th- this is all like the stuff that they miss and that's that's the stuff that yeah. really really matters but also because it's the stuff they miss it's quite easy to actually change as well because they can still keep to their same structure of like a breakfast lunch and dinner and snack it's just usually definitely at the start as well like with my guy X, he'll be, um, he can easily just tweak some things and he'll start to say, see a huge change. Same with his training, same with his like habits and his walking, that kind of stuff outside of training, just tweaking yeah. it slightly. It will see a huge change. 
I mean, you, you're going to burn most of your calories and your daily activity outside of that anyway. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we know I'd go two full, two full body as well, blitz them outside. Um, but I think the thing that people get stuck on most when it comes to food is food quality over food quantity. Mm-hmm. They get fussy about that. But then you realize you can get fat eating salads. Uh, if you're covering them with dressing and you've got, you know, your bacon in there, you've got some croutons and then you, but you look at it and you, you write it in as a salad, salad. and you'd be like, I had salad. Yeah, it's just yeah. Calories, yeah. Exactly. But then you have three or four of those a day, throwing some coffees, whatever, and you think you're eating healthy. And I've had this with my dad who was telling me, I asked him about his food and he told me once, oh, don't worry, son. I swapped in. Swapped do the voice, in, do the voice, do the voice. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I got, uh, got myself some brown bread. Um, <laughs> he does talk like that. He does. Honestly, you'd think we might have to. But yeah, he's like a gator. He, he actually is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. Um, but, he, but he swapped in brown bread and he was telling me about, all about how much better that was. And I was like, Dad, you know, there's actually a couple of extra calories in brown bread than white bread. So <laughs> you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. It's actually not massive. Obviously, there's benefit to it, but you are actually slightly hindering yourself. When it comes yeah. to weight loss, along with everything else, it's like I'm having, you know, avocado, eggs, and all these other bits and pieces. It's around. mad though, yeah, because like, yeah. like we know, like us, like you know, obviously you guys are coaches, isn't it? So you know what about your nutrition, but like we're still learning. Like a few weeks ago, we were um, with friends and Greek lady, she was making a whole batch of baklava, right. And then um, we worked out all the ingredients, what she was doing. She cut it up into 25 slices, one small slice. You know how big that baklava is? It's tiny, isn't it? Like, you know, the size of like that. Yeah. It was like almost, it was like 450 calories. It's good though, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like four to 500 calories. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, you, like uh, a normal person will smash one of them. No problem, isn't it? And, and you forget about it as well because it doesn't fill you up. Dude. If it doesn't fill you up as well, yeah, you don't you don't think about it. Yes, use a spice. Yeah. Yeah. syrup and all that in it. Bear walnuts and all that. Like after the food diary, if you want to start looking at how to like change someone's nutrition, I think what I go to first is what I can add to Wrong. their diet oh, rather yeah. than take yeah. away. So I think people straight away think, oh, what I'm going to have to go on this strict diet. I'm going to have to cut everything out that I actually love, but you don't so i always try and make sure that they've got some sort of fruit and vegetable or like half of their plate is fruit or vegetable with every meal and then start adding in protein and hopefully mm. like it fills them up more and then water that's the first thing that i always try and add in Just yeah without like sort of without worrying about like macro macro breakdown or calorie counting and stuff because people just Missing the point. Aren't into, yeah. Missing the point. Mm. Steve, I know we've not got you for ages, so I'm going to roll this out for you. What's your one biggest takeaway you want people to take from this conversation and implement into their training? Um, or what's, 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 what's the main thing that is going to get them the best result, whatever it is that they're going after? I reckon it's like, um, obviously, it's a few things in it, but I think obviously, the yeah. first one is to. I, I deliberately made it hard for you. <laughs> no, that's all good. I reckon it's to um, trust your coach, you know, ask questions, Facts. Be, Facts. be a good critical thinker. Um, you know, like your coach is there, they should be giving you clarity on what you need to do. It's your job to now go and apply it and make those wins in it and achieve your goal by you know momentum but like to be like 
the best, yeah, I think the best client can be one that is critical and like um, ask good questions, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because as coaches, like you guys care about coaching. So, um, you know, you want them to learn in it because you're not going to be there forever. You know what I mean? You want them to go away after they've stopped working with you, whether they move on or stop training and know everything and know all the tools that they can use without worrying about it. They can know everything, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Precisely. Love that as a takeaway, mate. Where can the people find you as well if they're looking for you online, mate? Uh, Stephen Collins Training, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, but I don't use it that much. YouTube. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, that's me, man. The man drops pearls every day. Go check it out. Thank you so much for coming on, Steve. We really appreciate you, dude. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Good night, mate. I'll catch you later. Good night, mate. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.